As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Happy November. Happy November. We're going to be nice and kind to all of you in today. this Next Encounters episode. Yes, today, uh, because this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. Oh, whoa. Earthquake over here. Earthquake. Caused by Leia. We are your ghostesses. second for the video to stop shaking. Oh, it's fine. Like, it's Okay. You know what? People are used to our – we have some technical difficulties and that just – I know. I'm having a lot of video difficulties here today with lighting and that's new okay. cameras, but we'll figure it out eventually. That's, that's Corinne. I'm Sabrina. Howdy doody. We spent the last month of October telling terrifying tales of demons, mm-hmm. witches, cryptids, the unsettling side of the paranormal, but today we come and to you – getting ourselves accidentally haunted and many of yes. you accidentally haunted. So – our but what did we expect? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I was like glass half full. I was just thinking it was going to be good spooky fun with no repercussions. 
but we had some. And so now we're going to shift gears and give a few yeah. palate cleansers over the next week or two yes. when it comes to encounters. All this I will one say being the first. is that we are the most haunted podcast in America. And this past month just proved that even more. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I It was good spooky fun on top of also accidentally causing some uh, paranormal stuff. But yes, today is the theme of this encounters is wholesome ghost stories or helpful just ghosts. good. Exactly. Right. Yes. All good stories. Okay. So I took a little spin for my first story and I did someone helping spirits. Oh, okay. I love that. So wholesome. Okay. I was a little nervous when you were like, I took a spin. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, we're going dark. (laughs) First one. (laughs) This is from our listener, Aaron. And okay. Aaron, it's, it's called helping spirits in my sleep, question mark. Hey, ghouls, I found your podcast in my recommended from the True Crime Podcast Cult Letter. That was oh, the first. Cult, it's Cult Leader. Like uh. leader, like a leader of milk. Oh, I was thinking cult leader. like Kitty Litter. Pretty Litter. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a pun. Cult Leader. Cult Leader. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Brain. But you're a cat fan, so of course I your am. brain goes. I'm yeah, thinking Kitty exactly. Litter. I'm like, what's this have to do with cults? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Aaron said, that was the first podcast I got into and was super excited to find another one to get hooked on. I'm not cut up because listening to this in my dorm is a little terrifying since my roommate sleep talks and will sit up and stare at me in her sleep in the middle of the night. No. That is creepy. But this is from 2020. So we don't know. I hope Aaron is still with us listening. Mm -hmm. I mean, not yeah, I know. What the hell? (laughs) That too? Jesus. Oh my God. Okay. Great start. Um... (laughs) I more meant like hope Aaron's still listening. Okay. Anyways, my ghost story might be a little long and a tad sad, but a few years ago, like many edgy teens, some friends and I did the Ouija board. None of us actually owned one, so we legit printed one and taped it to a table. We talked to a few spirits, closed out each session properly, and went inside to eat dinner. Fast forward to probably a week later. I've always had some weird dreams, but normal as far as kids' dreams go. But that night, I had a dream that started as a series of dreams that were the most vivid and real dreams I've had to this day. And I've written down over 130 dreams since. Ooh, a dream diary? So cool. A little bit of background. I am adopted and have never met any of the people in my dream in real life yet. The dream began at a water park, and I was there with a little boy and my birth mother. So implying that this was my little brother. Mm -hmm. Although we were at a water park, there was a very solemn feeling to the dream. As we spent the day, the water park information kept coming to me. Things like, I was his older sister and I was supposed to help him because he was sick. Not many specific details though. So we were walking around doing the kids park slides and obstacle course thing. And all I can think is, I hope he's having fun. After all, this could be his last day. Not in a super dark way, more like I could feel something was going to happen, and I wanted him to just enjoy this time together having fun. As I was thinking this, I looked down at him, and he gave me a smile that was filled with the most sunshine I had ever seen. Engraved forever in my mind was deep chocolate brown eyes full of light and love staring back at me, his blonde curls hanging around them. So, in the dream still, the next day comes the day that I had a bad feeling about. This boy was undergoing a nondescript procedure that I was helping someone with in an OR, and we lost him on the table. 
I remember looking down at his face, tears streaming down mine, and he just looked peaceful. I woke up crying, and I didn't tell anyone about my dream. This was all happening October of freshman year, so we were doing Ouija boards again to get into the spooky spirit for Halloween. So again, we make the makeshift Ouija board and start playing. We ask the obvious questions. Is anyone here? It immediately goes to yes, quickly, but it didn't feel aggressive. We had someone write all of this down, which is how I'm now writing this more than four years later. So here's how the session went. I asked, are you a boy or a girl? The board went to B. My friend asked, do you know anyone in the room? The board answered, yes. My friend asked, who? The board goes to E, which is my first initial. So I ask, what is your name? And the board spells out a name. It was the name of the little boy in the dream. I almost started crying and everyone was so confused. So I started asking questions that only I knew the answers to. I asked, is your last name? And this is what she, Aaron put a blank, but in parentheses, what my last name would have been if I was not adopted. The board answers, yes. I ask, are you my little brother? Yes. Were you close to your father? Yes. Did you pass peacefully? Yes. I'm not sure what compelled me to ask, but I asked, was it your head? Yes. This dream began to feel more and more real because in the dream, I had felt like I was supposed to help him and he still passed. So I asked him one last question. Do you forgive me? And just like that, once again, the planchette moved very quickly to yes. At this point, I'm crying and making everyone confused. So we say thank you and goodbye and close it out. And I explain my dream to my friends who are all shocked. I kind of shook it off after that and we chalked it up to a weird but sweet isolated incident. However, a few days later, I had another dream about him. This time, I was visiting a large, beautiful cabin near a lake. It was a nice wooden cabin and what I remember the clearest was the gorgeous, large stained glass windows that let sunlight in. I walked into the house alone and something was calling me to the upstairs where the stained glass was. And there he was. He didn't say anything. He just smiled at me. And I don't remember hearing him say anything verbally to me, but he was telling me that he loved all his family and that he had to go. Oh, wow. And also in such a beautiful setting too. This beautiful beautiful home with the stained glass. Like there's something sort of angelic and warm and whole about this experience or at least the setting. At that moment, I understood. I wasn't supposed to save him. I was supposed to help him move on. I told him he could go and I woke up feeling sad, but like a weight had been lifted. Obviously, I was very curious to why all of this was happening. Nothing even close to this had ever happened to me before. So I took to the internet and was absolutely shocked at what I found. I chose not to include names or more detail than necessary for the privacy of the family But what I found stunned me. I had searched his first and last name and a general anecdote of his manner of passing and an article immediately popped up. It was about a tribute the boy's father had made. I was shaking as I opened it because the first thing that popped up was a photo of the boy. It was (gasps) him. Chocolate brown eyes. Oh my gosh. Blonde curly hair and all. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, they're so often the large majority of experiences like this, you don't get that validation and you don't get that confirmation that what who you saw and what you experienced was real. But yeah. they did get that. Very real. And keep in mind, Erin had never met her birth brother before or right. birth family. Like knew, yeah. knew what her last name would have been if she had not been adopted. Are you guys looking for 
alternatives for your milk situation so that you can match Sabrina and I when you eat your morning cereal or maybe make some like tasty gingerbread cookies. Ooh. You can impress everybody by using Lechia. Lechia is made with the highest quality macadamia nuts and chia seeds. It checks all the boxes, lactose-free, gluten-free, palm oil-free, carrageen-free, non-GMO. It's organic, has zero grams of sugar. And if you're like me, you're sick and tired of all the like plant-based milks that are just full of sugar, but Lechia is different and it tastes delicious and it's rich in brain and heart-healthy omega-3s. Lechi is available on Amazon and Two Girls One Ghost listeners can get an exclusive discount. Go to Amazon.com and use code 20 off TGOG for 20% discount on all Lechia products. That's Amazon.com and use code 20 off TGOG at checkout to get 20% discount. Use promo code 20 off TGOG. And this happened in her lifetime. It's not yes. like this was a past life or something and someone who was a traveling soul with her from 150 years ago that she's now connecting with. Like this was this was a family that still were hurting and had lost someone. Yeah. Reading the article, I learned that he had passed in October, exactly two years before the experience. He did, in fact, have an older sister and a mother and a father he was very close with. The article said he passed peacefully and was not in any pain, just like he had in my dream. I understood my question from earlier when I had asked, was it your head? Because he had passed away from a brain tumor. I finished the article in tears with so much running through my mind. And to this day, I have no explanation for this as I had never seen this boy before but it was the same last name and me somehow knowing things I had never read before is strange to me. I don't know why he came to me, but I still think he visited me me for the first time. Not for my dream self to save him, but to help him go peacefully in his sleep. I believe the second dream was his family there and it was him seeing them for the last time and giving me a message before actually moving on. To this day, I've debated writing this. I am unsure if his family would ever hear it, which is why I've left out names and really specific details. He is always on my mind though, and I don't think, and I hope, I never forget about him. Let me know what you think. Thanks for all the work you two put in this. It's such an amazing sharing space and you two are hilarious. I will definitely be donating to your Patreon very soon when I get paid. Oh, Aaron, so nice. Keep up the amazingly spooky work. See you on the other side. And then she, Aaron did send a quick correction saying that this started around the end of 2014 with the first dream and continued into October of 2015, exactly two years after he had passed okay. away. So it started essentially a year before he passed and then continued until Aaron figured it out two years after he it passed away. Like, it sounds like he passed away in 2013 and the first dream happened in 2014. Mm-hmm. And then the second dream when he moved on was 2015. Right. Okay. Wow. I mean, I think this just – what I like about this story, despite everything that's that's difficult with not always knowing your birth family and also just knowing that someone lost their life and lost their life young as well. Yeah. But what I like about this is it just shows – how some people are connected, regardless of how much time they spend with one another, regardless of if they've ever met one another. Yeah. There's something happening within spirituality or the actual plane or or whatever you want to call it that does connect people to each other. And this is a great example of there still being this tie and this love between the two of them and this trust that, that Aaron could help him. Yeah. Even yeah. though they'd never met. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. It does make me think that they are traveling souls in some type of way or that they're bonded. I mean, through blood, they are, but 
to never have met each other. Like their souls are mm-hmm. just connected in some way, which I think is so beautiful. Well, and clearly too, he's able to make contact with Aaron and come through dreams. And so it does make me wonder, although it's presumed that he moved on because he gave all of that symbolism and that that moment with the stained glass in the house, basically letting her know that that's sort of like what he needed and what he felt he accomplished through mm-hmm. her help. It does make me wonder if in the future there will be another dream mm. or should she have children or should anyone else around her have children? Maybe they might experience this little boy with the beautiful chocolate yeah. brown eyes. Oh, sweet baby boy. I know. I have chills again. Ooh! We haven't had good chills in I a know. while. They've always <laughs> been spooky chills and I like there's the good, good chills. There's good chills and then there's bad chills and these are good chills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are heartwarming chills. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, another heartwarming tale <laughs> since this is the theme of this encounter's. I have a story. This is from Gabby. It's called My Grandpa Saved My Grandma from the Other Side. Hi, Hi. ladies. I've been listening to you since 2018, and I'm such a big fan. My name is Gabby, and my pronouns are she, her. My grandfather passed away in 2016. He was the main father figure in my life, and I miss him so much. Ever since he passed away, I would find dimes every once in a while in odd places, and I just had the feeling that they were from him, letting me know that he was looking over us. Over the years since my grandfather's death, my grandmother's Parkinson's was getting worse and worse, and eventually we had to move her into an assisted living facility. Unfortunately, this all happened during the height of the pandemic, and for many months we weren't allowed to see my grandmother because her facility was in lockdown. The lockdowns continued off and on, and our visits to my grandmother were far and few between because of this. My grandmother was a very tech-savvy person, and we kept in contact with her through text and through FaceTime. But as the Parkinson's progressed, she couldn't use her hands, and she could no longer answer or use her phone. In the fall of 2021, my grandmother was declining rapidly and had stopped eating, and we thought that that would be the end and that it was coming very soon. During this time, I was finding dimes constantly in places that could not be a coincidence. I'm talking dimes in the middle of my desk at work, dimes on the couch, dimes in the middle of the floor, and multiple dimes in my car. So many dimes. And it was not just me finding these dimes. My mom was finding them too. Then I got a call from my grandma, which was very weird because she could no longer use her phone due to her illness. And I was at work and I missed the call. My aunt received a perfectly typed text from my grandmother that said, please come, I need help. This is crazy because not only could my grandmother not even lift her phone to answer it, but even on her best days, she was not the greatest texter and her messages were usually extremely cryptic and full of typos. My aunt went to visit my grandmother and she was really not looking good. Oh, this is so I know. sad. While there, she learned that the staff had stopped giving my grandmother her Parkinson's medication because it was too difficult for her to swallow, and none of them had told us. Ugh. My aunt immediately sent my grandmother to the hospital where she received her medication through the IV. After her stay at the hospital, my grandmother was like a whole new person. She was eating. She was chatting. She was even crocheting. Oh, I truly crocheting. think cro- using her hands. She was crocheting. Like, what oh a turnaround, gosh. right? I truly think that my grandfather was doing everything he could to tell us about my grandmother from the other side. We had been told by mediums in the past that my grandfather was always there by my grandmother's side looking out for her, and I think he gave her the strength to send that text when he realized that the dimes just weren't working. (laughs) My grandmother passed away in December of 2021, and since then, the dimes have completely stopped. I think that my grandfather was finally able to cross over now, and he no longer had to watch over my grandmother. (laughs) 
And then we got an update from Gabby. Gabby said, my mom recently went to go see a medium and he told her that my grandma is refusing to cross over because (laughs) she feels that she's still needed to guide the family and to make sure that we don't all drift apart. He also referred to her as a busybody spirit, which is hilariously accurate. He did say that my grandpa has crossed over and is trying to convince my grandma to also cross over with him, but she's refusing. So my feeling that my grandpa crossed over once my grandma passed was correct. Yeah. See you on the other side, Gabby. Ugh. Okay, well, Gabby, I'm sorry for your losses, but it does sound like you have won this incredible guardian now on the other side of in your grandma. Oh my gosh. Who is just refusing to leave all of you because she wants to make sure she's there to support you all. But okay, my question is, okay, well, first of all, how incredible that the grandpa was able to get the message out to the family because it sounds like it gave the grandma a more like peaceful last few months of her life where right. she was like getting I'm the picturing medication. him behind her like holding her and oh. holding her hands up and helping her type out the message that's sort of what I am picturing yeah. and it probably took so the much two of them together like you can get this through we have to get their attention my question though is once a spirit crosses over because it's interesting the way the medium was saying that their grandfather keeps coming back to try to bring grandma with him to the, like to cross over so once you cross over do you still have access to right it, it's an interesting I'm curious what how that works yeah like there's this fluid plane I guess it's not just one holding facility and you either move holding on or you facility. don't apparently you can yeah make your way in Bop between back and forth which that's interesting but I I guess I understand that because there's always times when we hear stories where people will, or even animals too, like when they they pass, they're really active for the first year or first month or so after they pass away. And then you presume that they have moved on because it gets quiet for a long time. But then there's always moments when someone really needs it that someone who's moved on can come back. And so maybe it is just this sort of like gateway can you see these? The, goo- the goosebumps? You can't. You just see my hairy arms. But I have goosies. <laughs> <laughs> I have goosies. I have goosies. Oh, man. I mean, truly incredible. And I'm also so sorry that your family had to go through Parkinson's with your grandmother yeah, so and having her in the facility. I have a relative who also passed away during mm. COVID and was in the hospital with Parkinson's. And I know it was really, really, really hard on all, the whole family, but his immediate family and yeah. um, on him being in there. Yeah. It's really difficult because it's I'm, your body. You can't express yourself in the way that your brain is, is it's a horrible, it's a horrible disease. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I'm just in general, crying. everyone who went through, I mean, during COVID who couldn't see their loved ones who were in the hospital, it's a, it was terrible. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, this is a, it, the subject line is a good cry and somewhat feel good story about my guardian angel. Okay. And it's from our listener, Isabella. Hi, ghouls and friendly, friendly feline. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Leia was screaming earlier, <laughs> so I don't ago. know how friendly it was. I was like, is it she was okay? friendly. It sounds like she's being like – She wanted but to I play. I never heard her meow like that. I guess normally she's just like – in the background, but this time she was like – like, yes. Whoa! So her usual meow is for attention, but the one you heard was her, I think, truly just like having a moment of like playfulness because she was sitting on the rug that's out in our hallway and she was just like kind of like this and did that meow. Creeping. And then she truly like had the zoomies and ran. <laughs> the play stance. I love that. Yeah. So cute. Okay. Isabella says, first of all, the obligatory praise of your podcast. Secondly, 
English is not my first language, so apologies for any wrong wording or misspellings. You're still going to do better than us. We, we yes, promise. <laughs> most likely. So here we go. Oh, and Isabel said, I'm pretty nervous, to be honest. It's my first time writing it down. Okay, so here we go. Hmm. I consider myself a skeptic. I'm also not religious and have grown up in a free-spirited but non-religious household all my life. If anyone thought 2020 was sucky due to COVID and everything, this might be able to top that. Hang tight. In January of 2020, my close friend from preschool got diagnosed with a rare and incredibly aggressive form of cancer. The doctors gave her about six months to live, and if she survived the multiple surgeries they had to perform to remove most of the infected tissue. This meant they had to remove big parts of her lung, liver, kidneys, and intestines. She was 23 when she got diagnosed. Wow. Afterwards, she also had to endure the most obscure chemotherapy that could have also potentially killed her. But this cancer motherfucker had another thing coming. It clearly didn't know what kind of badass tough cookie she was, and she muscled through it like a goddamn champion. Even when they put her into a medically induced coma to cope with the pains and side effects from the chemo, she woke up and jokingly asked what year it was and when she was allowed to have anything pumpkin spiced. What a sport. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. This queen never had it easy. She grew up with not one, but two parents with no parental instincts whatsoever. It wasn't that they didn't love her. It was just in a weird way, which led to her being moved to foster home in her early teens. And she was always close to my mom and spent a lot of time in our house while growing up. I still remember us playing witches in the forest, making potions and casting spells. I feel like we would be best friends with Isabella and her friend. Yes. Right? This sounds like a dream childhood. Yes. Luckily, or I guess whatever you can call it in this situation, I got to host her 24th birthday because her parents couldn't manage. And it was such a blast. We were way past the six months that the doctors had predicted, and she was actually quite well considering the the circumstances. Her and her fiancé even went on a road trip to the Netherlands during a small opening in the COVID restrictions. I don't know why that makes me so much Sometimes I kind of forgot that she was terminally ill. Even though we all went through the phases of rage, despair, frustration, and sadness, She had this calm and accepting manner about it all. When we would get sad or mad at the world, she would hug us and say, I don't want to spend my last time on earth being mad or sad. I'm just so happy that you are here now so we can spend time together. And we did. And we white basic bitch the hell out of that fall and drank all the pumpkin (laughs) spice lattes we could grab. But then spring took a turn for the worse. We all knew the cancer was in a slumber, but when it started to show its teeth again, There wouldn't be much that the doctors could do, and it spread like a freaking wildfire inside of her. I could tell she was so tired and in so much pain, but her biggest fear was that it would take her a long time to die in hospice, and people would kind of forget about her and stop visiting. During this whole time, I was also in a really toxic relationship with a total a-hole, and that took a toll on me as well. So the last time me and my mom visited her in hospice, we were talking about everything and anything. And my mom asked her, jokingly, to make it a dying wish for me to break things off with Mr. Douche Canoe. (laughs) And my friend smiled at my mom and patted my head as I laid beside her in the hospice bed and said, it'll pass when it's ready to pass. Ever so calmly, because probably because of all the drugs they had hooked her up on, but still. Then she just hugged me and smiled. I asked her if she believed in the afterlife, and she said she hoped that there was something because everything else seemed too frightening. I asked her what to look for if she came back, and she told me she would like to come back as a warm hug. I know. I Yeah, this is, this is a hard one. 
Three days later, she died. It was the day after she married her fiance. The funeral was brutal. Everyone was so angry and posting so much blame on one another that it shook me to my core. I felt like it was a dishonor to her and she wouldn't want her death to cause this. She was just so very afraid of being forgotten by everyone once she was gone. I don't know why, but that night I lit some candles and I stared into the flames, tears streaming down my face, unable to comprehend the unfairness of it all. I stared into the flames and suddenly I felt it. A warm hug. Oh my gosh. All around me, I felt this warm, cozy feeling gripping me tight. Are you here? I thought. And all of the flames and the candles flared. I swear, whatever I might believe in, she was in that room with me. Since I'm not from a religious family, I've never heard tales of guardian angels or stuff like that. But it was the first thing that came into my mind as I cried in both sadness and relief. I asked, are you my guardian angel? And the flames flared again. Ever since that day, I've had conversations with her from time to time. And I found finally found my lady balls <laughs> and told Mr. <laughs> Douche Canoe to F off for Right, good. because when it passes, it will pass. It will pass. It will pass. Two months ago, I met the sweetest guy on earth. He's so good and kind to me. And I met him by total coincidence. After our first date, I felt like something had pushed me towards him. So I asked out loud when he left, did you do this? And I felt a warm hug. I miss her so much every day, but I know she's still here looking out for all the people that she loved. And I know she will never be forgotten. I had a forget-me-not flower tattooed on my arm in her honor. And sometimes she even visits me in my dreams, looking all healthy and happy, just as she would want us to remember her. Thank you for reading. I'm not able to anymore because I'm bawling my eyes out. Me too. And so I hope there aren't many too, too many typos. See you and her on the other side. Isabel. Wow. I mean, what is there even to say? I feel like this was so beautifully written and such a wonderful remembrance of her friend. Yeah. And I do have to say that despite the cancer and despite the struggle and despite some of the unconventional ways of growing up, Throughout this whole thing, I th- I just kept thinking about what an awesome life they had. Uh, and I think that's because yeah. Isabella and her friend did a really good job of finding these pockets of joy and warmth and love and making that what they remember. And being there from for their each time other. Together. And just mm-hmm. being friends and sharing life together. And it sounds like Isabella's friend, too, was just such a beautiful soul and like had such positivity despite the fact that there were so many things that she went through that were hard and like being diagnosed with the incredibly rare terminal cancer and being told you have six months to live and remaining positive and being like, I want the pump, everything pumpkin spice. Like it's right. just, she wants to run with Isabella in the woods and yeah. witches again. Wow. I just think that's, it's beautiful. I know. And I, I do wish that she hadn't had the fear of being forgotten because how could you ever I forget know. someone like that? Yeah. You oh. can't. And she won't be forgotten. No, and she's still in Isabel's life and there watching over her and and like moving her towards a partner, like a healthy relationship, which I think is beautiful Mm -hmm. as well. And their warm hugs. What a reassuring and wonderful sign to get, to feel that warmth. And to I love that as a sign that she's present and that she's near because I think oftentimes when we call upon our spirit guides or the people who've passed over that we love – it's because we're in moments where we need that extra yeah. support. We need that extra reassurance. And to, it, oftentimes, you know, you do feel alone. You you might not have had anyone to touch your hand or yeah. hug you in your life. 
Oh my gosh, now I'm going to start crying. My voice is getting gravelly. <laughs> but I just think it's a very beautiful it gesture. Is. It is. I'll, I'll, if I ever pass away before you, Corinna, I will come back and give you a warm hug. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Man, Sabrina, I caught your cries. <laughs> uh, we said wholesome. Everyone feel take good. a sip of water. Yeah. <laughs> or coffee, whatever you have. I Man, keep poking okay. myself in the face with this straw because it's oh, so Oh, okay. Wait, is that a glass straw? Because I actually have such a fear of glass straws and metal straws. I use the bendable not silicone metal, ones. But it is a reusable one. I get one. scared that I'm going to – Break a tooth? Go straight through me. Give you give yourself a lobotomy by Yeah. Accident? It's a huge fear. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have an email called The Encounter That Saved My Life. Oh. So we, we might not stop crying okay. this episode. Okay. All Ready. right. So rehydrate so you can cry some more, everybody. Hi, ladies. I just recently started listening to your podcast after hearing about it from Ladies and Tangents. Ooh, Both love now them. are <laughs> – love them. We often wear their merch yes, in our, in our episodes. while recording. <laughs> Both now are my everyday listen when I'm working night patrol. Anyways, my family and I have a bunch of crazy stories, and my craziest one ended up saving my life, and I oh. wanted to send it to you so that it could brighten your day. To understand yes. the story, I have to give a bit of background. It was 2019. I was attending a college at least 19 hours away from my family if you drove. I was working for at least four months on a completely torn ankle, so I was using crutches or a cane constantly, and on top of that, I had horrible pneumonia. Oh, for no. school, I was living in a once apartment, now turned into dorms, building on campus, so they had a bathroom and a kitchen shared by four individuals but doors that separated the pairs on either side. When looking out the door and down the hallway, the lights were always on and it looked like this long stretch that you would see looking down a hotel hallway, like in The Shining. One spooky. night, very spooky. Colleges are often haunted too, so yeah, very well could have been. One night, I was sicker than a dog. I was in immense pain in my leg and in my chest. I had finished homework from my 21 credit hour classes and had taken my medication to hopefully get some sleep. Some time passed, but I couldn't sleep. I looked around and I could see my entire room, everything in it. And the most annoying part, that damn light from the hallway that was always shining, and it seemed to be shining in my eyes. This mm -hmm. night, that was going to end because I was going to go turn it off because I <laughs> needed to sleep. I quickly walked over to my door and I opened it to go find the light switch and turn them off. It was when I opened the door that a flood of light came in. And while it does take my eyes a little while to adjust normally, this was even more so the case on this night. When the light came in, I saw a bunch of figures and shapes moving past me. But I what? wasn't scared or worried. I was just on a mission. I walked out into the hallway to go hit the light switch, and when I turned the corner, a huge black lab was laying outside of my door. Not just any black lab, though. My lab named Kona. Oh. I ran over. I wrapped my arms around his neck, and I just started petting him continuously, so excited to see him. I must have pet him for at least 10 or 20 minutes. Then I mustered up the words, why are you here? You aren't supposed to be here which I repeated over and over while petting him. Without words, like dogs know how to truly do, he made me feel calm and safe and happy for the first time in a long time. Aww. And like I wasn't alone. This made me burst into tears and release all of the tears that were suppressed for all of this time. A full puddle of tears could wake anyone up from their sleep. And turns out, it did wake up. None of this had actually happened. So I immediately called my mom and told her what happened. And I told her that I'd been struggling so much and fighting to stay on top of school and really just to live. And all she could say through her tears was, 
He came to say it was going to be okay, and if you keep fighting, you will get through this hard time. So that is how my dog, who had passed away a year before all of this Mm. happened, came back to save my life and got me to a point where I am today that includes graduating college, finding a great job, helping other people, and being truly happy with everything I've accomplished and overcome thus far. Thanks, ladies. Reagan. And let's see. Let's give it up for the boy, Kona. Oh, well, we'll insert that picture so that yeah. the lighting is right on YouTube you, for everyone to see. We're just talking face. about this, about how pets sometimes like, you know, they're active right after they pass away, but then they go away and then they come back when you need them the most. And this is just such a good example of that because, right. And it's also interesting because it seems like Reagan opened the door and all the black, the figures moving past her was almost like a portal opened really quickly so Kona could get yes, to her. Yes, you're right. It's so interesting. Or like, I, I don't know, are these all of the people looking over Reagan too and helping escort Kona back to her? Mm. I'm not so sure. But it, I mean, we're just so, we're so lucky to have pets. Like <sighs> having her dog, Kona, at the base of her dorm room is just such a perfect it's perfect timing and it's a perfect example of how amazing pets are to people because you can put all of your emotions and everything you need onto your pet and they take it and they yeah. give you everything back. Yeah. Uh, Such ugh. good support animals. Such I just love them. Support. I just love this. Right? Oh, so now my I'm, my second theory about all those figures who came with Kona is that like Kona is just like so popular in the afterlife that – all these people are like, well, Kona's my support animal in like right? the afterlife. And they all just like Ooh, came. Kona's making a move. We all yes. have to go with him. <laughs> it's Kona's entourage in the spiritual realm. Yeah. It also makes me wonder too, like what if what if Kona's orchestrating everything for Reagan and her life when it comes to the support? Oh. And all of these people that are there are different spirits or people that are going to take forms at some point in her life to help her along her way. And at that moment, Kona could be himself and present himself as the support. Yeah. But perhaps there are these other spirits or people that will come as well and and help Reagan when she's when Reagan's feeling dark and low, like many people can feel. And it's yeah. hard to get yourself out of that when you are in that space. And it is hard to sometimes live. And I'm glad yeah. that he was a good reminder of how strong everyone is and yeah. how special tomorrow can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you just need a Kona to remind you of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This is a nicer episode. We are leaving it, I think, feeling safe. And mm-hmm. I feel a bit optimistic and happy despite right. the tears. To put it in your words, Sabrina, as you were saying a week ago to me, to, not on the <laughs> podcast, but that your cup is full. I feel like we're leaving with our cups full right yes. now from this episode yeah. and, and from these stories. So thank you to everyone who shared these. I mean, I yeah. think, you know, when it when it comes to the paranormal in this side of the paranormal where we're talking about people and pets that we loved very much, oftentimes there's really personal details. There's times that we have to remember that are really, really tough and, and traumatic. And so we're grateful to everyone who trusts yeah. us to read their stories and, and feels comfortable sharing with yes. us. So thank you. So thank you. And this is a very safe space and I hope everyone feels that. We are always going to be open to your stories and accept them and never challenge them. I think that's something that Corinne and I very adamantly feel like these are your experiences Mm -hmm. and no one else can We're just grateful to get to hear them. Yeah. We're just so excited. So please, if you have anything paranormal, 
happy, sad, scary, because we'll definitely come back to scary, alien, cryptids, whatever it may be, please email them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail. There's a variety of ways to support us. You can rate and review on iTunes. You can join our Patreon. You can buy our merch. You can follow us on social media and you can tell everybody about us. Oh, watch us on YouTube Mm -hmm. and tell everybody about us. Join the pyramid scheme. That's we we are also a cult here. <laughs> the cult of cult litter. <laughs> cult, cult cult litter. Yeah. No. Uh yeah. But anyway. Yes. Thank you so much That's to that. all of you for listening. Thank you so much to our editors at Fire Digital, Max Lodian, Eric Foster, Aiden Manning. We are very grateful for all of your editing prowess. And thank you to all of you. We will see you next time. And we will. See you, See you on the, on the other, other side. side. Goodbye. Goodbye. Very spooky. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.